see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, I'm Sean Riley, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. Many of our episodes as of late deal with best practices for navigating a manufacturing environment that, like the rest of the world, was turned on its head in March. In an effort to continue to provide value to the packaging and processing industry, we continue to mine ways we can help from the many business solutions PMMI has put together. Today we go inside the numbers with PMMI's Vice President of Market Development, Jorge Esquerdo. Jorge knows global marketing and business intelligence better than anyone. He tells us how things looked from the end of 2019 into pre-pandemic 2020, how the industry has kept its nose above water and in many cases thrived during the past seven months, what we can expect as we approach the end of 2020, and fingers crossed, offer some hope for 2021. We always love to have our next guest on the pod, and we're very happy to welcome back Jorge Esquerdo. Jorge, how are you? Doing great, Sean. Uh, thank you for inviting me again. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Let's dive right in. So talking about the beginning of 2020, it was obviously, it was a different world. Uh, meetings. Absolutely. Then suddenly had to be postponed. Cities were shut down. Even my nephew's wedding was canceled. So shout out to Miles and Jess, whose wedding had to be canceled. All these things kind of grinded to a halt, and it's been very much the same thing over and over since then. So just kind of to give us a reminder, could you kind of tell us how things were looking for the industry and how everything was sort of before the pandemic? You know, how did the year start for us? Well, let, let me start by by telling you how we ended last year, because that's, that's really the beginning of the story. Uh, last year, uh, 2019 was in general, uh, maybe not the strongest year for the industry, but a uh, a pretty good year, you know, the industry growth at a 3.6%. We were hitting $10.8 billion in terms of uh, turnover out of those $10.8 billion, about eight from uh, local manufacturers, pretty much uh, PMI members. And, and they actually, their share grow even more. They they grew at a 4.1%. So it was, it was pretty decent, you know. So uh, as we were moving into uh, 2020, the uh, backlogs from uh, from t- 2019 were at uh, 2.5 billion. That's uh, very healthy for many of uh, of the manufacturers of equipment. That meant they were booked for, in some cases, you know, for the first six months of the year, maybe more. You know, it's in general it looked looked pretty good the beginning of 2020. Maybe it was not going to be the greatest year, but it was going to be a pretty decent year. And as you said, you know, suddenly COVID happened, you know, and, and things changed. So our years have kind of, we've sustained good years. Like it's been a, a nice run for our industry in terms of, you know, 
production for the last couple of years. So it was just kind of continuing that trend, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's been a kind of, you're you right, a good number of years uh, of growth. Uh, it was kind of expected maybe this year to, to slow down a little, you know, but not, not significantly. Okay. Um, but let me tell you, you know, as, as uh, COVID started, you know, the same as, as, uh, as many of us, you know, it's uh, for our industry, we, we started with few plant closures, with some office closures. The good thing as, as packaging in general is considered uh, an essential business, you know, because it's a uh, role on the food, beverage and uh, pharma supply chain, you know. Most, most of our members' uh, businesses remain open. You know, just a few plants closed, I guess, and around April, May. But by July this year, all, all of the manufacturing operations were open. In terms of office closures, you know, they were, as expected, higher. You know, and when I talk about office closures, I mean working remotely. Uh, but same things, you know, it's uh, most of the offices are back to business, if, if not at 100%, you know, it's at least uh, partially present and partially working remotely. So that part somehow has been addressed and didn't impact significantly our, our industry. The, the the one part that hit a, uh, a little harder at the beginning of the years was kind of in, in terms of business, the part of quotations and orders. Uh, we, we immediately saw a significant decline in terms of uh, quotations in March. The same situation between quotations uh, and orders uh, happened in April. And then uh, something interesting happened. You know, we were we were wondering now if there is going to be a significant slowdown through the rest of the year. But I, I'm pretty sure you've heard, you know, it's uh, when you chat with anybody in the food, beverage, the pharmaceutical industry, household chemicals, they are very busy. They were very busy. They are still very busy. They are not working at 100%. They are working 110. And, and that brought a lot of uh, activity back to our members, you know. All, all that downturn that we started to see in March, April, we saw a recovery in terms of quotations in May and uh, in terms of orders in June. And that recovery, you know, from now, it's uh, turning into a kind of um, more optimistic, you know, for, and I should be careful here uh, for most of the members. So it's very different. If you sell to food, beverage, personal care, household chemicals, that's great. If you sell more to the industrial side of the business, it's it's still hard, and uh, it's going to be hard for the next several months. Uh, but what I can can I tell you from the last reading we had on our index for quotation orders in in October, it was very optimistic. It's been the highest it's been in years. So so it seems we don't have a I don't have a number. I would want to tell you a the the sales are going to grow by this much this year. But I I can tell you I think that at least we're going to hit the same level as 2019 maybe maybe 2020 is going to be a growth year at the end of the of the day wow that's good to hear some level of good news you know we, we don't get a lot of that um when we say just for clarifications that the i know we're, we're saying all the people that are doing good or and are getting better what the industrial side that's not so much what would what businesses for our listeners what would that kind of touch on well, that would be like to some degree construction has not been as as, as active, but you know, uh, automotive parts that that kind of product. I see what you're saying. Things that that are more for a, industrial use, yeah, yeah, less consumable. Exactly. Let's say. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. 
Another aspect, you know, for our members were, was the part of the supply chain. And that was, uh, it's, I would say it was an issue and it's still an issue um, from uh, the information we're getting from our members. Uh, thing wasn't really that bad, March, April. But by, by the time we hit uh, June, July, uh, they started to see more and more delays in terms of components, parts, sub-assemblies. We, we hit maybe the, the highest level in maybe September. And uh, the last uh, reading we have for October, it's, uh, it's improving. It's, uh, it's better, but it's not yet resolved. There's still some to some degree, uh, some supply chain issues. It's uh, not terrible, but uh, it's not not a reason for, uh, I guess, for most of the members or most of the manufacturers not to deliver an order. But it's it just keep them in their toes, right? You know, kind of trying to to find different suppliers. Now you're also our global. Um, you know all things global when it comes to our, our industry. So speaking of supply chain, that obviously caused a, a hiccup with all of this because you know we couldn't get things from overseas and stuff like that. Do you see a lot of that being moved back to either North America or people getting their supplies closer? Or do you think that's a temporary thing or will that be a long-term solution? It's How do you see that playing out? I, I think in general, some, uh, I, I would say they, they will be moving closer. And I wouldn't necessarily say because of COVID. Uh, maybe COVID will have, you know, will be, will we had one more reason to do it. But, you know, it's uh, because of all this situation with China and uh, the trade barriers, you know, the duties and taxes, uh, kind of the war between the U.S. and China lately. You know, I, I think it's happening. Sometimes he's moving just from China to other places in Asia, but uh, in other cases could be from Mexico to the U.S. and Canada. Um, so you also, in the business intelligence world, you monitor the data pretty much monthly. And I know our monthly business indicator that we send out tracks the business activity for CPGs. So, so what can you kind of share with us about that? Well, it's it's the same thing. Some good signs in terms of good business for, I guess, next year, for the end of the year, next year. Uh, we started to track uh, a couple of things with CPGs that are very relevant to our members. I guess the one that was more impacted with covid was how much CPGs were uh, allowing uh, service technicians and sales staff to to visit their plants and their operations. And if you ask me, maybe that that's the area where we got more problems in in the industry. You know, how to provide service, how to support our customers, uh, keep their operations running when uh, the rules of social distancing keep you from sending your technicians or, or if you're sending them, then you need to quarantine them uh, maybe two weeks on the way in and two weeks on the way back. So it's, I think that's the, the one thing that complicated more, more the business of our members. Uh, and it's interesting because we track service on one hand, we track the use uh, of remote access on the other and we could see how uh, at some point, for example, CPGs were uh, refusing the access to service technicians at a level of uh, 67%, 70%. So it was very high. And at the same time, we saw a significant increase in the use of uh, remote access technologies. Uh, yes, I'm talking about those technologies that are included in the, in the equipment, you know, in, the, in many of the machines these days, that uh, there's been some reticence, you know, by uh, CPGs to use them. There's a lot of, as you know, the, 
the IT part of the business is not necessarily convinced, you know, that uh, it's safe to make these connections and to allow these people to access our uh, the information of, uh, of their companies. Uh, that's on one hand. But on the other hand, uh, now, uh, through all these limitations during COVID, they have recognized the importance and uh, the value that remote access has to their operations in terms of uh, keeping them running and reliability, of course. Uh, and that's kind of talking high tech, but also, you know, uh, talking as simple as uh, FaceTime, Skype, all kind of applications, just to have some video and um, lots of improvisation a lot as well, you know, where we're the ones that kept the, the industry running for the past few months. Yeah, it's very, and I say this all the time because we always seem to, to get back on these pods to talking about um, remote access and how it's, it's the, the one silver lining that's come out of all this. And it's just, I, I've been to, you know, a dozen top to tops and other meetings where we've talked about things like this for the last, you know, decade. And it was always, you know, this, like you said, this reticence to use remote access, even though, you know, people are doing their banking on their phone, <laughs> but they're not trusting of, you know, someone that they're doing business with to share. And it, I guess it's just, it's a shame it took something like this, but it, it has shown that this can really save, you know, travel expenses and things like that um, during a time like this, when you can't even travel. So forget about the expense, you just can't do it. Um, how much this remote monitoring and remote access has really, um, you know, been helpful for our industry. Yeah, so so it's interesting, uh, Sean. You were earlier, you know, you make reference to our uh, purchasing index. Uh, number one, you know, it's very optimistic, you know, mainly, uh, as we said, you know, food, beverage, farm are very optimistic for uh, for next year. One of the questions that we added this year was about uh, remote access and the perspective of using, increasing the investment in remote access. Very, very high uh, response there in terms of that's expectation for the future. In fact, we have many comments in terms of saying, moving forward, we're not buying any equipment that does not have remote access capabilities. So it's it's just a complete about face from a year or two ago where now it's it's a requirement. It's it's a different reality for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, then speaking of the future, I guess let's let's kind of round out round this off with you know what's what do we expect for the rest of the year? And I know that that's probably going to you know elections and stuff may play into that. But what do we expect for our industry coming out of 2020 and then you know heading into 2021? What, what do you have on the on the table for us? Well, first in terms of uh, 2020. So of course we've seen all the all the changes that COVID has brought to to our lives. You know, from staying more time at home, cooking at home, watching uh, Netflix movies, shows, uh, hopefully exercising a little more. But you know, all these has has changed the way we consume things. You know, uh, using more delivery services. You know, from uh, food, groceries, restaurant, uh, maybe maybe trying meal kits when you're going to the store maybe using more the self checkout uh, more of the options of curbside pickup these kind of products and for sure when you look at the numbers of e-commerce you know at the beginning of the year it was estimated about 11% of uh, retail was done via e-commerce and now it's expected that by the end of the year, this number is going to be 14%. And uh, this is one of these things that we, we believe that they are coming and they're going to stay. So the trend of more e-commerce, more omni-channel growing for sure. We we saw, of course, you know, during this, this year, like uh, I guess April, May, maybe June as well, the drivers for 
speaking, the products that you were uh, buying at the supermarket were not the same as, as the drivers last year. You know, the drivers were pretty much availability and convenience, you know, whatever you could find. They, all, all what we saw in past years in terms of SKU explosion turn, turns into an SKU uh, implosion, really. And uh, we, while this is happening, it's, it's interesting. We are, we are, we've been asking CPGs, so what's happening here? What of these things are going to stay? Where are we going? And the one thing we're getting is, well, SKUs is it's a temporary thing. You know, they, they will go back to multiple SKUs, multiple formats. Maybe a premiumization won't back as quickly, you know, as very likely we'll go through a kind of a recession period, you know. It's going to take us some time to get out of the economic situation we're in. But certainly SKUs will, will the use of SKUs will be increasing uh, in the future. So we asked uh, the CPGs in the past couple of months, well, where are you planning to invest your money in the future, you know, in, in kind of general terms? And uh, not surprisingly, Sean, the, the first comment was, uh, number one is going to be on secondary packaging. Uh, some of these related, I guess, to e-commerce, you know, the different formats, uh, omni-channel. But uh, number one, they will be investing in uh, secondary packaging, then primary packaging, and then uh, more investments on the processing side. But uh, pretty much secondary packaging is, is uh, one of the things that we're going to uh, see growing mm-hmm. maybe the, the fastest in, in coming months. In terms of, uh, of the drivers, of why they will be investing and what type of equipment they will be buying, you know, in addition to this, uh, I, I guess we will be moving back to, to some of the drivers, you know, a big change from uh, 2020 to to. 2021 is kind of going back a little more to what we saw in 2019 in terms of the number one is meeting demand and and, and that's I, I guess yeah 2020 uh, requirement but uh, when you look at equipment reliability change over times flexibility for multi packs variety packs just being ready to use new materials for more uh, recyclable packaging, more flexibility in terms of the materials that you can use, uh, size reduction in terms of retail, uh, certainly more shelf-ready packaging, product visibility. So I guess in a few words, we, we will be retaking uh, the trends that were driving the industry in 2019. I guess the, the one part that it's, we will be carrying on from 2020 is uh, meeting increasing demand. You know, that's, that's for sure uh, significant, uh, significantly uh, a part of what happened in 2020 in terms of many of the consumers going to the supermarkets more and more and going to institutional channels like restaurants. Yeah, less. So that's that's something that I think it's going to stay uh, a little longer with us. Understood. Well, that 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 did it for me. I mean, that, that gave us the state of the industry for 2020 in a, in a very um, uneven time. From like you said, we started off doing pretty good, then we we had some hiccups in between. But but being this industry and how essential it is, it, we, we persevered and in some cases excelled. So I just want to thank you again. This is a highlight for us to have you on. Um, thank you again for taking time out of your day to to come on here and talk to us, Jorge. Sean, it's always a pleasure. And uh, hey, wish uh, all your audience the best for the rest of 2020 and a great 2021. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.